0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Conversations presented by SAP. The best run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to challenge the status quo and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are absolutely thrilled and delighted to to debut another brand new series here on Game Changers. We already did a few a few weeks ago, and this is Game Changing Conversations Radio, as the gentleman said. And that's what we're going to do, have a Game Changing Conversation. So let's do our regular opening. Let's see what happens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place. Here's the buzz. Let's see what's going on today. This is a quote from Henry Chesbrough, and I believe he was on one of the early Game changer shows a few years ago. He says, we've learned that open innovation works best when people are collaborating side by side and also moving around between organizations. Now, if you don't know who he is, Henry Chesbrough wrote a book in 2003 called Open Innovation, The New Imperative, for creating and profiting from technology. So if you listen to the quote carefully, there were a couple of keywords in there. Open innovation is one phrase we're going to be talking about. He talked about collaborating. He talked about between organizations. So let's see what's going on here. Today's savvy companies know there's a bottom line. Come on, we're in the digital age. Everything is changing. Your markets are changing. Your footprint is changing. Your supply chain is changing. But in order to keep up, to stay alive, to thrive, and to grow into the future... Companies know they need to innovate, not just a little bit, but better, faster, cheaper, and the big word on the street is collaboratively. But how to do it? We're talking about open innovation. In practical terms, it's defined as collaborative partnerships between young, dynamic companies and larger established businesses that leverage their complementary resources coming from each side to create new value that benefits the companies and their customers. This is a loose definition based on a study by the World Economic Forum. Does this work? Yes, it does. In 2015, A.T. Kearney did a study called Collaborative Innovation in Digital Europe. 71% of the respondents, that's right, 71%, said they expected more than a quarter of their revenues to be generated through open innovation by 2030. Do you need more convincing? Well, we've got a panel to help you get there. Let me tell you who's on our debut show today, and then we will get started with our opening quotes. First up, in just a minute, I'll be introducing you to my colleague at SAP, Bar who happens to be the sponsor of another new series, not this one, The Future of Work, which debuted recently. Upin heads the customer strategy and experience for the Innovation Center Network, that's ICN globally at SAP. Joining him on the panel is Akshay Patel, who is the co-founder of a company called Sust Analyze, I'll spell it, S-U-S-T, a-N-A-L-Y-Z-E, and we'll ask Akshay in a few minutes what his company does. Rounding out the panel is another colleague of mine who I just met recently, Scott Schwartzman, Vice President of the SAP Global Strategic Customer Program, SCP at SAP. So let's circle around to Open Barve, and Upin has sent us a quote from Steve Jobs. The show works this way. I invite my guests to send us a quote, not in their own words, from somebody famous or not so famous, a book, a movie, or a song, and then they get to relate that quote quote to the topic of the day. So here's the quote Upin has selected from Steve Jobs. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Open Barve, very happy to have you here. How are you?
2: Bonnie, it's absolute pleasure always to hear you. I'm, I'm doing really well and very excited uh, with the panel today.
1: Wonderful. And, and I do have to do a shout out to two of our colleagues at SAP, Amy Bateman and Shannon Lester, who have worked tirelessly to put this show together and help me set up this series. So ladies, I see you. I see Shannon and Amy on Twitter. And thank you. Oh, we're going to have a great debut here. Open. here's the task at hand. Tell me, how does this quote relate to our topic? And officially, the topic is open innovation, taking collaboration to the bank. So talk to me, Open.
2: Well, absolutely. Limited time, I think, is the key word. We look at um, how fast the change around us is happening, and if the companies want to sustain, want to survive longer, the change um, needs to uh, be done, you know, right now. Uh, there is an urgency, urgency of doing, urgency of doing the right things. Um, and. Um, and, and, and that's why I thought, okay, in the limited time, you need to make those right choices, define your purpose, because I believe, um, and, and we all do believe, actually, that the purpose-driven future is what we all are excited about.
1: You know something very interesting? You should bring up the word purpose, Ubin. Ubin um, we have a series called The Future of the Future with Game Changers, and they just informed me that they're going to create a sub-brand for that That series has been on the air for a couple of years with me. It's going to be called Game Changing with Purpose, and we're going to be starting that. They're going to use their airtime, and they're going to rebrand their series for a spinoff on purpose. So on purpose, on purpose. There you go. Two levels. Open, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I love the quote. Very interesting and we got to meet you and that's great. Let me go to our second panelist now, Akshay Patel at Sust Analyze. And Akshay has sent us a quote. We all know the quote, but let's see how he wants to relate it to the topic. Quote from Mahatma Gandhi, Mahatma Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi, uh, Hindustani lived from 1869 to 1948. The honorific Mahatma in Sanskrit means venerable or high-souled. He was unofficially called the father of the nation of India and led India to independence. Here's the quote, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Akshay, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today?
3: Doing great, Bonnie. Glad to be here as well.
1: We are delighted to have you. So talk to me. How does this quote relate to open innovation? We're talking about companies coming together, sharing ideas, making profits out of bringing the resources from both. So how does Mahatma Gandhi's quote relate?
3: The way uh, open innovation is essentially going towards a new future, and that Mm. involves change. And the reason why established companies and new companies collaborate is because they want to create a future in which they can actually exist and continue to make uh, revenues, basically getting to the bank, essentially. And if we want to see that change in the world, we have to first be that change. It's because we have to bring that within our organizations, make that change ourselves so that we can enable the whole world around us to change in that in the direction of that future where we want to get to, essentially.
1: Very, very interesting. Quick question for you, Akshay. Mm-hmm. Are companies sitting around the table saying, gee, we want to do open innovation. Let's go out and look for a partner. We're a small company. Let's find a big one. Gee, we want to do mm-hmm. open innovation. We're a big company. Is this something that companies, it's, it's on their plate, it's on the C-suite desk, it's the top of the agenda, or is this something that comes to them when ah, eh, baby sales aren't going so well, or is this something that's part of the Business agenda for 2018. What's your
3: observation on that? Uh, my observation is surprisingly, it uh, comes on top of the agenda actually, and especially the interactions that we have had. Also, for example, with SAP, I mean, uh, it was surprisingly that the whole organization is sees this as a priority as well. And you see that uh, not just at like a person at a level of person who is driving this uh, cooperation, but also at the level of every employee that we interact with, and uh, they just. They feel like uh, this is something, this cooperation is something that is novel, and it is a way to move forward, which they also personally believe. And I think that's just great, in fact, because, I mean, conventionally, you see organizations, uh, they are just like closed organizations who don't like to engage a lot outside, but uh, it seems to be changing, and I mean, to my surprise as well, and that too coming from a large German corporation, that's even more surprising. (laughs)
1: Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much, Akshay. Pleasure to have you on the panel. And now let's move around the table just a little bit to Scott Schwartzman, who is waiting patiently to tell me why he has made a slight riff on a very famous Peter Drucker quote. Anybody wondering, Peter Ferdinand Drucker, 1909 to 2005, Austrian-born, American management consultant, educator, and author, He has been described as the founder of modern management. If anybody loves or hates management by objectives, we call them MBOs, or we don't call them at all, and self-control, blame Peter Drucker. That was his creation. So here we go. Here's the quote, the way Peter Drucker said it, and then I'll tell you how Scott Schwartzman said it. Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mr. Schwartzman says, culture eats digital strategy for breakfast. Scott Schwartzman, how dare you?
4: Welcome, Scott. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on today.
1: We are happy to have you here. So I was only teasing when I said, how dare you? But you certainly took an interesting riff. I think other people have done the same thing. What does the quote mean in relation to open innovation, collaboration, small companies, big companies actually coming together to innovate in ways that they couldn't do on their own? Scott, what's your thought, please?
4: Yeah, you know, and, and it is a well-known quote. Many people have used it before, and, and I said culture, it's digital strategy for lunch. We could easily change that to open innovation uh, for breakfast or for lunch, mm-hmm. uh, for that matter. Um, but what we're really talking about is culture uh, and the impact. You could have the best vision, uh, the best purpose, the best strategy, but if you don't have the right behavior supporting uh, the aforementioned categories, it doesn't work. Uh, I had an old, I had a colleague that used to work with me. Uh, he was a PhD in organizational psychology, and he actually changed the word culture for me. What he said: culture is the sum of all behaviors, which I really appreciate because sometimes even the word culture gets caught up in in the buzz buzzword you know uh, vocabulary that we all use. So I'm talking about the sum of all behaviors from the shop floor to the top floor. You know, board of boards, executives. Uh, people that are in HR, they all have to have a culture of innovation. Uh, We know this. Um, And if you go back to the the opening quote that you had, it is Mm -hmm. about people and collaboration. So in order for open innovation to work, whether it's large companies or, or startups, you have to understand the people involved, their behaviors, what motivates them. Otherwise, success is going to be very, very difficult.
1: Scott, such interesting p- points you bring up. Let me just ask you a question before we we circle back around the table and find out where everybody is and what their favorite drink is. question is when you talk about culture, and, and really great point, what comes first? You know, the chicken of the egg who crossed the street, blah, 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 who got to the other side, the Girl Scouts who didn't want to go, and the Boy Scout who helped her across the street, all that good stuff. N- joking aside – is it mandatory, or does it is it uh, incumbent upon management of a company, or a team, or a division, or a, a, a group within a big company, to get the culture part right before they say, "Aha, now we're ready to go out and look for another company with whom we want to do open innovation." So, what comes first, the concept of innovation, or the concept of culture being ready to accept that? What's your observation, Scott?
4: Well, I, I would say they, they, they have to uh, happen in parallel. Uh, we know um, that, that you know, many of the large corporations that we work with, the strategic customer segment, these are super large companies, just like SAP, where we have 90,000 employees. And so culture has been created over years. Uh, there's a great quote um, that I heard that uh, if Rome, um, uh, Rome was built in a day, if it was, we would have hired its contractors. And I use that because it takes time to build culture. You just don't change it overnight. But innovation requires agility and speed. So get the innovation going, but work on the culture. And specifically, you know, we have – there's recent surveys I read recently, something from NC, uh the business school in Paris uh, and, and Missouri. It's an accounting firm in Europe uh, that said that culture is a top three priority for most of the boards in Europe. Yet most of the executives are spending 20 percent or less of their time actually enforcing culture. I don't want to say enforcing or influencing Mm -hmm. culture, you know, defining, measuring it and analyzing it. So this is something that is just going to take time. And I think you need to do both in parallel.
1: Thank you. Words of wisdom appreciated, Scott Schwartzman. Let's go around the table to Upen barve Upen, I'd like to know, I know we called you, so where in the world are you today? And what's your favorite drink, even if you're not drinking it right now? And it can be anything. We just would like to get to know you a little bit better. Open? <laughs>
2: <clears throat> Thanks, Bonnie. I'm, I'm actually in the uh, capital city of Germany, Berlin, Uh, My favorite cities. that's my hometown as well, and I'm sitting in my office and uh, just looked around. I'm not really the last one here. It's uh, 6.15 in the evening, so Mm -hmm. a lot of motivated colleagues around me.
1: And what are you drinking or what are you drinking later? Because here we are, 12 noon, I'm on the east coast of the U.S., so you're allowed to say anything you want. What's going to be in your cup later?
2: So, look, what I'm drinking right now is a, is, a, is a very popular drink in Germany. It's called a- apple Schole. It's basically apple juice with, um, you know, with with, with, uh, uh, with water, uh, but water with gas, right? So uh,
1: ah, uh, so it's like a, like what a I seltzer. Is that seltzer? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. And what I would really, you know, what I love and what I'm going to do right after the show is get a, uh, get a decent pour of uh, gin and tonic. And that's uh, my favorite drink. I love the ah, tonic. Um, yeah.
1: I <laughs> haven't heard that in a while. Do you have a favorite brand over there in Berlin? I don't, I'm not familiar with, oh, I'm only familiar uh, tangentially with brands here in the U.S. What brand do you drink? Gin.
2: Well, quite a few. I like the uh, classic English ones. Um, but there are a few upcoming really good German ones as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I keep open palette. I taste everything, uh, every attempt and then decide whether it uh, gets back to my menu or, or shelf or not.
1: Okay. Do you have one favorite?
2: Um, the, the botanist is good.
1: Okay, thank you. That's what I wanted. We love a, we love little recommendations of beverages for our listeners around the world. People do listen, by the way. Let's see if you get any comments. Open, we love that too. Thank you very much. Don't drink up quite yet. We need you for a little while longer, and thank you for joining us. And Now let's turn a little bit around the table to Akshay Patel at Sust Analyze. Akshay, first, I'd like to know where are we calling you because I know Aaron, our engineer, phoned you. Number two, what's your favorite drink? And number three, why don't you spend about 90 seconds telling us what your company he does so Akshay you're up
3: yeah uh, so you're calling me at uh, in a beautiful city called Utrecht in the Netherlands it's okay. a small town with a lot of canals so it looks very beautiful as well and uh, it's like right now it's just about evening here I just got back home and uh, just made myself a, green, a cup of green tea uh, I didn't really like green tea before uh, but mm-hmm. I come from a scientific background and a friend a couple of months back uh, who who apparently does research on diabetes, he explained to me that uh, you really have to start drinking green tea because apparently it's good for uh, avoiding diabetes. I'm like, okay, I'll go, go that route. But uh, go. it's not, I mean, it's not that bad uh, basically because uh, apparently just afterwards, red wine also does the trick. So that's (laughs) the next next drink after the dinner.
1: (laughs) Do you have a favorite red wine? Something you want to recommend?
3: Well, I mean, it's uh, also a bunch of uh, different ones uh, that I usually uh, try. In fact, like, uh, and Chianti is usually what I always like. In fact.
1: Thank you. Now, tell us a little bit about Sust Analyze. What does your company do? You're a co-founder. When did you co-found the company? Why And, and what do you do for the world?
3: Uh, so we founded the company in 2015, and uh, the reason why we founded the company was uh, to help uh, chemical companies as well as consumer product companies who make a variety of things like clothes, laptops, and everything, to help them bring new and better products to market faster, and also making sure that these new products are also safer for all of us and environmentally friendly as well, so that the products are more sustainable. And fortunately, that has been also the driving motivation for me as well. It is uh, since Sustanize also comes out of my PhD research and the research was focused on how do we enable companies to bring better products to market that meet the different criteria that people want from products. For example, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the iPhone looks very nice and it doesn't break and things like that. Plus, it's also safer and more sustainable. And to do that, uh, we have built a simulation software that leverages advanced data-driven systems and things like
0: that.
1: Thank you. I noticed that you got your master's degree from Iowa State University in the U.S. So were you just here for a while to do the master's studies or and then move back to uh, to the Netherlands?
3: Uh, indeed. Uh, so I'm originally from India. That's where I did my undergraduation in Mumbai. And mm-hmm. I was always very passionate about biofuels and biochemicals. And, of course, as you might know, Iowa is just filled with corn and soybean, as That's far right. as you can see. And Iowa State <laughs> University happened to have a good program. So I was there for my master's, and I worked there for a year. And uh, then I came to the Netherlands for my PhD then.
1: And you stayed. Very interesting. Thank you, man of the world. And now let's turn around a little more around the table. Scott, we've been, I know you've been waiting patiently. Scott, where are you today? You're the only one who called us, so I'm assuming you're in the U.S. or Canada. And what's your favorite drink, Scott?
4: Talk to me. Yeah, so I'm uh, here in New York. I'm in Manhattan uh, mm-hmm. today. And in terms of my favorite drink, I was just uh, listening to the others. And uh, I'm a fan of both uh, coffee, but I'm also a fan of tequila, and and recently mm. my wife and I were at a wedding and they served something called cafe patron which is a combination of coffee and tequila and if you're you know if you enjoy both uh, I guess in management speak we call that a win win
1: very interesting. Yes, uh, there is something called Patron Silver Tequila uh, and the pure, let's see, it's called Patron Tequila and the pure natural essence of fine coffee, fresh roasted coffee with notes of chocolate and light tequila. Very, very interesting. It's an extraordinary blend of tequila and fine coffee. The taste is dry, not sweet, as with most low-proof coffee liqueurs with notes of chocolate and vanilla. It's excellent for sipping. That's Patron XO Cafe. Did I do justice to that, Mr. Schwartzman?
4: I think you did. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know you and you don't know me, but I was in New York on Long Island for decades, and I recently relocated to Durham, North Carolina, and that's where I'm speaking with all of you from my home office here, and I will tell you that we have had rain and gloom for the past three or four days, and when it rains here, It rains. It could be 72 degrees, but it rains, and the wind blows, and the house rocks. What can I tell you? But I have a little uh, tip for all of you. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and today is a doubleheader. I already had a show an hour and a half ago, so all they let me have... Scott, listen up, is cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug, and I have a pink straw because I'm waiting for the damn sun to come out again. We love our sun here. So that's it. We are now already past our opening segment. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into the roundtable segment. Again, a shout-out to Amy Bateman and Shannon Lester. Shannon is sponsoring this. Amy Bateman is working with her. I see them both on Twitter. Thank you very much, ladies. This is Game Changing Conversations Radio, and the topic today not only is a great one for the debut of this new series, but it's a great one for any company. We've already covered a lot of ground. Open innovation, taking collaboration to the bank. It's a term that was coined by Henry Chesbrough back in 2003, but it is really trending now. And as Scott Schwartzman pointed out so well, you need to have a corporate culture that will allow this, that will fuel this, that will be agile enough for this. Also joining Scott on the panel today is Upen Barve at SAP and Akshay Patel at Sust Analyze. We have so much more. I want you to promise me, everybody promise now, you're not going to go away. So I'll say to all of our audience, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be when we get back. Tune in and see what that means. Erin out.
0: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. In a world where disruption is the new reality, industry leading companies are partnering with their most strategic customers to navigate these changes and co innovate for success. When industry's top minds work together to solve tough problems faster, we all run better. Join our experts as they discuss the power of co-innovation, the impact of emerging technologies on the future of business and everyday life, and the importance of helping the world run better to improve people's lives. Game Changing Conversations is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to game-changing conversations presented by sap email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sap now let's get back to game-changing conversations
1: Here we are, debuting another new series. Thrilled to be here with my three experts on the panel. We have Upin Barve, Akshay Patel, and Scott Schwartzman. We're going to take a deep dive into our roundtable right now, but if you've just joined us, we are talking about open innovation, taking collaboration to the bank. There are a lot of keywords embedded in that. We're talking to any company, any size, any footprint, any industry, anywhere in the world. But the way we're describing this concept, now I'm hearing an echo on me, Aaron. the way we're describing this is small companies in the startup range, kind of small to mid, and we're talking about larger, more established companies. So I'm looking at the buzz statements here, at the the roundtable statements from our first panelist, Upen Barvey, and I'm going to pick a couple statements, read them, and then Upen will run with them and tell us how this all relates to the topic. Then I will invite Akshay Patel at Sust Analyze to chime in for his two minutes of commentary. On Upin's topic, and then we'll get Scott Schwartzman at SAP to add his flavor to the conversation. So Upin told me the following. He said, it is important to embrace the open innovation areas for the benefit of your company and your current customers. The values that drive the world and how we work will continue to change and become more people-centric. A lot of information there. Open. please expand and tell us more.
2: No, absolutely. <clears throat> so, so number one, the change that we see around us um, is 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 growing exponentially, and and there are a lot of uh, discussions around this. Uh, but the opportunity in that change, um, and 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 the values that will continue to evolve, we see that this will become more and more people centric, getting the people back into the um, center. And, um, and, and when, when you see that, it's a beautiful combination of the human ingenuity and, and machine intelligence, and this is part of our overall innovation strategy, um, how this comes uh, together. And when we talk about innovation or open innovation, one fundamental thing to remember, right, innovation is too important to be left alone um, to one individual, one corporate, uh, or one geography. This is somewhere where we need to prepare for this new future together. And together meaning that's where we need to uh, open ourselves out. Look at how we can help our current customers by not only our, the, the the talents, the beautiful products, and strategies that we have, but also expanding that a little bit further, embracing um, some of those, uh, you know, stars, uh, maybe from startups, maybe from other partner companies, coming together to expand uh, overall innovation footprint. Because it's eventually about the customer success. You want to have your current customers successful, and you want to build on, um, you know, we want to build on that so that you have you grow uh, your customers and their customer success, right? um open innovation again it's very uh it's 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 lot, lots is talked about but we have a few fundamental mechanisms on on making this happen and um, a couple of areas that sap has like sap.io where we um as strategically invest in uh, in in few of these areas and i'm I'm seeing that more and more um, there is uh, acceptance for uh, open innovation, and, um, yeah, that's what uh, we're going to do because, uh, like I mentioned, it's about uh, customer success in the end.
1: Thank you very much, Upin. Good intro to what you wanted to talk about, Akshay Patel at Sustanalyze. i love to get your thoughts on the people-centric aspect on the benefits for companies and customers of open innovation. Akshay, talk to me.
3: What I would start with, like the people-centric aspect that Upain mentioned, it is especially important uh, from the perspective of a simple concept of customer success. And if you have to tie to customer success, essentially all the people in your organization and partner organizations have to come together to drive that concept of customer success and not tomorrow or not the day after, but today. So we cannot afford to just, sit around and wait for things to change either internally or externally to drive that customer success. If we have to drive that today, that's where this people-centricity comes together because in essentially organizations are people, right? I mean, it's like people working in socialize, people working in SAP, discussing together, working together and driving that customer
4: success.
1: Thank you, Akshay. Scott Schwartzman, love to get your thoughts, please.
4: Yeah, you know, as as I uh, thought, uh, heard heard both gentlemen speak just now, and I think about people centric. It, it goes back to we were talking about the culture, and and, and clearly, uh, we all have purpose uh, as individuals and as companies. And uh, as an individual, the question is is what motivates you, what drives you each and every day. Mm-hmm. And and a- and our hope is that innovation actually helps people, um, you know, meet their basic needs and meet, and, and find their purpose. Uh, so, again, culture, behaviors. So it's not just the benefit, it's, it's the impact. Um, and I'll also add this, is that often when we speak about innovation, it's a scary topic to some people, especially some of the employees uh, that are afraid of losing their jobs. Uh, but what mm-hmm. we know is that robots and, and automation will not replace creativity. And, again, that, that's a very people-centric comment, but it's true
1: thank you scott that That does come up in our shows where we talk about AI and robotics obviously machine machine learning the fear is that the jobs that many many people need to have and to keep will be wiped out, and the question is who will benefit from Getting rid of those humdrum. Omg, I have to do this over and over and over again, and and release them to do something better, more interesting, at a higher purpose for the company. A lot, a lot of subtopics going on here. Thanks for bringing that up, Scott. Upen, you started this. Why don't you wrap this one up for us, and then I'm going to select something from Akshay's notes here. But Upen, any comments on what your co-panelists just shared, please?
2: I like what um, Akshay just said. It's it's about now. We need to do and drive this change now together. It could be with uh, technologies that are complementing and solving a, a, a problem that, that's not been appropriately addressed so far, or it could be looking at something that's very, very uh, breakthrough. And, uh, you know, and then that, that – uh, that kind of approach you know it's it's basically also going to give your brand a boost it's going to um establish trust into the market and together mm-hmm. like like the companies what we, we have like akshay uh where we do see hey uh, you know, sustainability or, or beyond profit uh, uh, driven, driven KPIs are going to be the new norm and not really something it, it's going to go beyond nice to have. So how do you come together? Once again, I love uh, to use the word purpose. How do you come mm-hmm. together on a purpose and help your customers take that leap uh, forward uh, by doing things together in much more um, inclusive manner?
1: Great points. Great points and what you and Scott and Akshay are bringing up, if I'm hearing all three of you correctly, is you're bringing up the people part. We just talked about people-centric, the question of if we collaborate with another company, will they take my job? Will a robot take my job? Will new technology take my job? How will I still be able to shine and be part of this this party, if you will, this open innovation? Let's move this in a slightly different direction. I think you've all given me a beautiful segue to some talking points from Akshay's notes. Akshay, let me read a couple sentences here, and then we will go to, we'll have you open this part of the conversation and go around the table. It'll be Akshay, then Scott, and then Open. Akshay says, finding solutions to key social challenges are, challenges are great motivators that drive employees, open innovation partners, and customers. Let me add one more. He says, connecting and aligning daily work at open innovation partners around difficult challenges such as sustainability, safety, well-being, Jobs creation helps to provide all the associated people with a significant motivation. I think you answered the the questions I just had with those statements. Akshay, please tell us more. Love to hear you speak on this.
3: So The way uh, things are moving, right, Uh, what we see on a daily basis is that uh, employees are no longer just motivated by a paycheck at the end of the month. I mean, as also Upain mentioned, I mean, they look for purpose in their work, daily work and daily lives. And these significant challenges that we all face as a society as well, these can actually be the essential motivators, the essential purpose that can provide uh, provide employees and also the people everywhere. The nitro boost, I mean, you know, it just generates like the sense of excitement and creativity. Which uh, are essential for innovation because it's innovation is not something like you know that okay today you're going to do uh, you're going to innovate I mean that just doesn't work like for employees they just have to feel uh, feel it essentially and things like social challenges provide that feeling that uh, kind of like that excitement and creativity and uh, that's essentially why I personally think that it's like these uh, sort of challenges uh, can be like at the same time like simple enough to describe but at the same time, very difficult to attain. And that provides the essential motivation that can get people rallied around the cause and also like everyone in the Open Innovation Partners get excited around it actually. And I think it's like only when you start, when people transform at a fundamental level essentially, that it's not that innovation is just something that someone is telling them to innovate on a daily basis, but they themselves feel motivated that I'm going to, in my daily work, I'm going to drive myself towards achieving that goal. That's when we would truly see new innovations coming to market and actually helping organizations, driving them to the bank essentially.
1: Very interesting, and you have taken us uh, around the table a little bit back to one of Scott's comments. Uh, I think, Scott, you mentioned uh, about purpose, and I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what you said, but this seems to me we're we're pulling this in the right direction of where we started. Scott Schwartzman, love to have you chime in on some, I- I'm going to say, just beautiful words. Oh, you're talking about culture, Scott. You were talking about culture. Is the culture going to come from this nitro boost of having a shared purpose on social challenges that occupy? Shay just mentioned. Scott, love to hear your thoughts.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it absolutely is. I mean, I happen to have a, a son and a daughter that are both millennials, and, you know, they grew up um, with, with actually um, just a, a complete emphasis on giving back to community and, and really looking at social challenges. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's part of their DNA, and and, and they're motivated by that. Uh, but we do have to remember in, in in many of these large corporations and our partners um, there's p- folks that have been around, and they are driven by uh, the aforementioned mentioned MBO. Well, uh, we talked about Peter Drucker, right? Um, yes. So <laughs> often people are motivated by their paycheck, uh, and this is mm-hmm. a, a great opportunity to link what we just talked about, which was if we could put culture and measure it, and even manage it through potentially MBOs, and combine it with some of this nitro boost motivation that is inherent with you know some of the younger generation. I think it'd be a powerful combination.
1: Very very interesting talking about shared purpose and millennials. Yes. I've, Scott, I Scott I don't I don't know how you, old you are and I'm not going to tell you but I'm 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 a boomer. I'm not retiring in any in any decade soon <laughs> since I have my dream job but is there a, a sense of that purpose among the older demographic cohorts? Because we've talked so many times in the past couple of years on various game changers series. I don't know if you know, we have 35 series now we've talked about the fact that the workforce now has five generations working side by side and hopefully working well and respectfully together. Is purpose just something that's the hallmark of, or the flag being waved by the millennial Scott?
4: No, no, no. It's a fair point. I, I think, uh, Again, I, I would uh, admit I am a boomer as well, and, you know, the oh. older we get, uh, the more important purpose is. Um, and, and so I, I really believe it's, uh, it is part of uh, the DNA of many companies already, and I think it does span across all five generations. But again, uh, over five generations, there's different management styles through the years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and motivation is different than, let's call it, coercion, uh, like they had in the <laughs> old days.
1: <laughs> Touche and thanks for admitting yes boomers rock that we'll, we'll accept that and Upan Barve love to get your thoughts on what uh, what Akshay just opened up and Scott has so nicely added to go ahead Upin
2: absolutely look I mean I mean mindset uh, that really really matters the most right to be successful you need the flexibility you need the willingness to change but importantly you need to t- take take people together with you and to Scott's point I totally agree, uh, but the evolution has been, uh, you know, uh, evolution has been, now now we're moving towards these economies of abundance, so what's, what's the stark difference, we're going to have more choice by default, we did not in the past few decades. When the more choices are getting created, why will you and I uh, work with some, you know, party A instead of party B? We will work together only because we identify ourselves and, and our goals together very closely aligned to our purpose. And that's, that's how, you know, uh, you, you can team up and drive that change, right? And and Thank looking you for, at yeah. you know the innovators like uh, like like Akshay here, I mean it's beautiful mm-hmm. Why, when when I look at what these guys are doing, right? Uh, they're beautifully mm-hmm. combining uh, chemistry and artificial intelligence um, to a certain purpose to drive sustainable uh, uh, goals and and even the name Sustainalize, I, I really like it. They're addressing a very uh-huh. core. A part for which is very relevant for our customers, our big customers, because we need uh, that they, uh, you know, they, they modernize uh, right from R and D to the entire process together with us, and we build better, bigger, yeah. and uh, future for, for all of us.
1: Thank you. I love the way you integrated the word beautiful into the conversation, which shows me that you've got a passion for this, Open. And we are talking about people and collaboration and getting along together in different different demographics in the work, workforce. And uh yeah, this is this is all good. By the way, I'm just looking at a tweet here from Shannon Lester, who is a sponsor of this series, and she says, Hashtag SAP Radio, Game Changing Conversations twenty eighteen. Six part series focused on co innovation, purpose, partnership and collaboration Shannon I think we're hitting all the hot spots here all the high points of what your series is all about and I'm guessing that six won't be enough I think we're going to have to do more episodes over the course of the year because this is starting out on a great note here Shannon thank you very much so let's see Uh, Akshay anything you want to add to wrap up that topic because I'm ready to pick something from Scott Schwartzman's list
3: Akshay? Uh, Just wrap up also on uh, Scott's point actually uh, it's what Scott mentioned about, like, uh, I mean, having kind of like people uh, from a traditional mindset, also boomers, for example, what you said, and uh, millennials working side by side. Essentially, I think that tension, uh, although it might seem frustrating at the first instance, but actually that's great. In fact, because you know, it's like that tension is what uh, motivates new, like, millennials also to drive the conversation. That okay, I mean, you have to convince people that this really makes sense. And that, you know, that also acts as a filter on innovative ideas to some extent, at least that, I mean, you have to really be passionate about it and to drive that conversation forward, essentially. And I also agree with Upain, I mean, it's really kind of like bringing people together and helping these customers on a daily basis
1: thank you very much all going back to purpose Scott Schwartzman I'm looking at your notes here and a lot of interesting points I'm going to go to the innovation requires sensible risk and the ability to fail fast let me just read a little bit from your notes here uh, you you sent me a quote Scott from an article by Thomas Davenport and Rajiv Ronanke in HBR uh, Harvard Business Review magazine current issue January February 2018 talking about a project at the MD Anderson Cancer Center and it was titled Artificial Intelligence for the Real World, Don't Start with moonshots. So let's talk about fail fast, sensible risk, and taking moonshots. Scott, I'm going to let you open this one up for us, and then we'll go around the table. Please?
4: Yeah, uh, it, it is a, a great article. Um, it's in the current issue, as you mentioned, of uh, Harvard Business Review. And um, essentially, the title in itself, Don't Start with Moonshots." So when we think of innovation uh, and, and certainly exponential Uh, growth and changes and and technologies associated. Uh, We do think of moonshots. Uh, Most recently, we all saw the Mm -hmm. SpaceX and that successful launch, which was exhilarating. Um, And we are trying to conquer big things like uh, curing cancer, um, like the current crisis in South Africa, right, where they have a water shortage, you know, right right here and now. Um, But with that said, um, it's nice to have big, hairy, audacious goals, as we say, but you have to start simple sometimes. And so it's really important uh, to, to have agility, to have speed. You know, uh, some folks call it bimodal, right, the two forms of innovation or IT, right, which is fast, agile. And then, of course, uh, there's the longer tail. Uh, but the net-net is that you got to look for quick wins. You got to create a culture of of innovation with quick wins because people lose patience quickly. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, that project that you mentioned, you know, they spent uh, from 2013 to 2017, uh, 62 million dollars, uh, and and they have yet to be, use it on patients. So what they mm-hmm. had to do was pivot that project to you know a smaller task, including helping some of the uh, patients' families make reservations. Uh, for when they visited the hospital. Uh, So, you know, I I think it it really, you know, it's just really, it's no different than any other uh, project over the years. Sometimes less is more and look for quick wins that can demonstrate outstanding results.
1: Scott, before I go around the table to Upen and then Akshay, question for you. We talked about culture. You talked about people-centric. We've been talking about the, the people in the companies that are doing this. Fail fast. It's a, it could be a mantra. It could be corporate culture. It could be you're talking about sensible risk. If you have a big established company on one side of the table and maybe sitting right next to them at the same table, hopefully in open collaboration, open innovation, you've got a smaller company Whose DNA is going to be the one that says, yes, we want to have the ability to fail fast and we can tolerate sensible risk? Does that come from the bigger company? Does that come from an infusion of energy, spirit, drive, and passion from the smaller, newer company? Or does it have to be agreed to by everybody before this works? What's your thought?
4: Well, in a, I'm thinking of the sports metaphor, and I know it doesn't work for everybody, but we know the, the, some of the teams that win the Super Bowl, World Series, the World Cup, have a combination of very experienced players, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, you know, the, the new athletes uh, that have less experience and it's a winning combination to have both, you know, just like Akshay talked about having with millennials and and the nitro uh, boost, uh, you got to have that, but the, the, you also have to be practical and the experienced people are the ones that say, Hey, this might not work. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get through this and, and it's okay to fail, Some people are afraid to let go. Uh, yeah. And time is money, so you do have to move quickly. But, you know, I'll wrap it up with the culture comment, right? I think you need a culture that really has the best of both worlds, uh, experience and, 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 you know, the fresh ideas from the innovator.
1: And that's a design thinking mantra or that's a design thinking culture uh, icon, I want to say. That, that's, a, uh, that's a characteristic of design thinking is fail fast, fail often, but damn it, learn from what you didn't achieve that you wanted to. Am I right on that one, Scott?
4: Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, sometimes the hardest thing is to start a project, but the second hardest thing is to stop it when it's not working. Uh,
1: very well, very well put that's a tweetable moment. We need to get you a handle so you can see all the things I'm quoting on you for tweet for twitter here open uh, barvey I'm circling around the table for you. We have a couple of minutes left before we go into the crystal ball predictions round. open love to have your thoughts on this this uh looking at sensible risk when you're doing open collaboration open innovation open what do you think
2: absolutely yeah, let me add uh, you know before that let me add to what Scott said, right. Uh, and and you said fail fast um, and so on. You know, we we should ask the question to ourselves, why? Why do we want to encourage faster failures? This is because we want to increase the ability of organization to learn faster. We do not have that much time, as you mentioned, so if you put it on the time scale, um, yeah, learning faster, and learning continuously is the key. And for that, uh, you know, failing fast is one way to achieve the ability to learn faster,
1: I would say. Okay, Upan, I want you to come a little closer to your mic. We're kind of losing you there. We heard you, but it was very, very far away. So I want you to come a little bit closer. And thank you, very interesting. And Akshay Patel, I'd love to know what you think about this fail fast mantra. How, how does that work with you at Sust Analyze?
3: Oh, uh, with fail fast mantra, it's something, I mean, I also see it more from the perspective of learning, that uh, we as individuals in the company have to be continuously learning. And we can only do that effectively if we do things. And, I mean, many times these things are like almost like 99% of the time they fail, essentially. And that's why this fail fast is important. And actually, funnily enough, uh, this fail fast is what also drove us uh, towards the SAP.io collaboration with uh, in the collaboration program, essentially. Because, you know what, it was like, okay, why not? Let's try it out and let's see how it works. I mean, at the most, it was more like a three-month program. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, it sets us back by three months, but then we at least know that this doesn't work. And we will have learned our uh, reasons for that. And that's essentially important, I mean, because now now we see that uh, once we started the program, we also got to some quick wins, as also Scott mentioned, which are very important to make sure that the collaboration is continued. And that's essentially, but that's only possible when you have that attitude of, uh, being able to fail fast as well.
1: Thank you. Scott Schwartzman, uh, I don't know if you remember the old phrase, uh, Fisher cut bait. Do you remember that one? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, okay. Fail fast, fail often, and stop fishing. <laughs> stop it. Stop it if it's not working after a while. You might have all day, but you got to go home eventually. You're going to gonna buy a frozen big man dinner. Or you're going to eat the fish you didn't catch. There we go. Uh, I'm going to, I, it's time. You know what? I have to circle around to open and it's time for our predictions round table. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds. I think we have 60 each. I'd like you to look ahead to, let's say, 2020, around that date or sometime after. We'll start with Open Barve and tell me, what do you see that will change about the concept of open innovation, about collaboration between I call them the big behemoth companies and the small young dynamic as I think that's uh, a term that Amy Bateman used in her notes to me. It could be from uh, it could be from the intro. What do we get the intro from? There was a reference here to something in the intro. Um, yes, and anyway, my point is i'd like you to look at the topic and tell me what will change dramatically, dynamically. Or maybe not at all around the point we've all been looking at for years and years and years. 2020, not that far away. Open Barve, predictions, crystal ball, 60 seconds. They're all yours. All right.
2: <clears throat> this, is, this is one of my favorite topics. I'll try to stick to now 55 seconds. Uh, number one the businesses will use uh, opportunities to transform from mainly profit-driven to purpose-led. That is the only way, and I cannot say it enough. Uh, second, if you see what benefits, uh, uh, you know, what, uh, by changing the organization, what benefits will come, we will see a change or a shift from hierarchies inside a company to, to more self-directed tra- teams we will see, uh, you know, uh, moving towards uh, having employees free to focus on more higher value and complex uh, work. Now, why, why is that going to happen? <clears throat> we always talk about these blurring lines in the ind- industry or even within the organizations. What do blurring lines really, really mean when you decode it, you know, to, to, uh, in, at the crowd? Um, this means you can embrace more. It's not getting porous. You're not getting destroyed. You basically can embrace more. It becomes more flexible, uh, more flexible towards a certain context. And that's how I believe that the entire ecosystem um, needs to come together and create value for our customers in the end.
1: Thank you very much. All good points. Akshay Patel at Sustanalyze. I've got 60 seconds just exactly with your name on them. Go ahead, Akshay.
3: So what I think is that in uh, the coming years, right, from the open innovation perspective, also, uh, as Upin was mentioning, like the lines would be blurred and it would be more driven by people themselves, be them in, like they could be in any organization essentially. So it is also like the blurring of lines within an organization and blurring of lines across organizations. So whenever people see a purpose that they can identify with, they would rally around it and collaborate with, With people all across the globe essentially and with the whole purpose of delivering that customer value that would eventually lead to achieving that purpose that got them to work together in the first place and I think this would by 2020 this would become a more commonplace thing. We might not even need like uh, specific programs to get people to work together. It could also be more spontaneous by 2020 actually that people see these purpose and people get together and just Go for it essentially.
1: Akshay, do you think that we will abandon the concept that Mr. Chesborough started in 2003 with his book Open Innovation? It will be called the Sustanalyze Effect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would be a Sustanalyze Effect, but uh, I mean, essentially, it would be I mean, you would be abandoning the concept of open innovation as such because, anyway, it would be people would be working in a more open environment essentially.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. I was teasing, but you know where I was going with that. Scott Schwartzman, love to get yeah. your prediction. I've got 60 seconds for you. Go.
4: Yeah, I, uh, uh, I would say that uh, as I think about the 2020 and beyond, I think that corporations are going to start measuring innovation culture uh, going forward. Uh, so as we said uh, at the top of the show, Uh, Culture is something that, uh, quite frankly, is given lip service, and and we talk about these behaviors, uh, the sum of all behaviors, um, but but it's really not really measured. It's, in fact, often not defined. And and so innovation, I believe, will uh, – it's already a boardroom topic, uh, sometimes called digital transformation, but I believe uh, within the next five to ten years, companies will be looking at their culture and and their overall organizational health. Uh, Culture is a part of that. Uh, and, and they'll be measuring it, and, and that's how they will create a, a DNA or a corporate soul of innovation.
1: Wow. I'm trying to get this all down uh, to tweet it, Scott. This was, this was quite quite a prediction, I have to tell you. Thank you to our three panelists. You've all been wonderful. Upen Barve at SAP, Akshay Patel at Sust Analyze, the Sust Analyze Effect coming to a company new you in 2020, and Scott Schwartzman at SAP. And, of course, to Shannon Lester for coming up with this new series. Shannon, this really rocked. And Amy Bateman for doing so much work in the background to make this first one happen. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very, very, very privileged to debut this new series. There are five more coming up over the course of the year, about once every month and a half. I'm going to talk Amy and uh, Shannon into doing more. I think this is just too good to only have six this year. Ladies, you heard me loud and clear. I'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. And our topic is a pow-bam rocket called When the Two Worlds Collide, Digital Sales and artificial intelligence, AI meets digital sales, wow, we'll be talking to a panel of savvy experts in those worlds. So let's end with our call to action here. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Upin Barve, just like Akshay Patel, just like Scott Schwartzman, just like Amy Bateman, just like Shannon Lester. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Conversations. Best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game changing week.